Before I start my next episode, I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of clarity as to the person that Jamal is referring to when he says his brother. Uh, it was a two-part interview because I had uh, two guests in the room and I finished the first interview. So the person that Jamal is referring to is Key, and you'll hear his interview. He's a vegan, and you can actually follow him at green underscore monster underscore vegan, and there you can see his vegan and spiritual travels. Jamal's actually on his second tour of monk duty, and he's in southern India. And here's the servitude and safe travels for my man, Maul. Let's get into it. And how many of us live our lives according to that fear of being accepted, right? I think that's something that uh, is very prevalent in society nowadays. The time has come to live your life to the fullest. It's time to embark on a new journey. A journey that leads to emotional growth and mental freedom. Welcome to The Art of Living with your host, Dave Clinton. Welcome to The Art of Life. When I first met this man, I thought either he was an emotionally balanced person or, or a killer, one of the two. <laughs> I mean, man, as I had more conversations with him in the past and I learned he was a humble, empathetic person. Just one of them human beings that you kind of forced you to recognize his energy and kind of forced you to reflect it back. My brother, Jamal, welcome to the show. Welcome Thank you, to the show. Nice to be here, man. So I'm just going to jump right into it, man. Let's I got so many questions. So first of all, where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Brookline, matter of fact, man. A lot of cats uh, say to me, yo... Oh, where did you grow up, sir? You, you know, you're your brother, but you, you don't speak like us, right? You don't, you don't look like us. Oh, you know, I had this cat in the library sitting to me, where did you go to school at? Like, you must have went to Harvard. I says, no, 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 bro. I, I, got, a, I got a degree in QBS, quality bullshit. Mm, you know? I like that. I like that. Just so that people know, Jamal's a fairer skin, so I can understand why, <laughs> why, why some of his friends in the neighborhood might have classed him that way, man. But, but that's, that's, that's cool. So as you, as you grew up in Bookline, Mm. And I kind of want to get to the path of you becoming a monk. Mm. What drew you to that? Because no one just, I don't know, no one's at that age then transfers into, okay, I kind of want to become a monk. Like what happened in your life that kind of directed you towards being a monk? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's all about humble beginnings, right? We all know the importance of a, of a good foundation, right? You know, so my mom's was a Protestant, you know, brought me and my brother to church, you know, and I wouldn't say on the regular, but try to give us some type of foundation. And so I think she got uh, she got tired of him and I um, reenacting SummerSlam at church there, <laughs> jumping off the pews, you know, act, acting a fuel, right? You know what I'm saying? And uh, so fair, fair to say, you know, we, we, we weren't showing up as often anymore. And so to, to just kind of get loose with it, my senior year of high school, as a prerequisite, we were required to read Siddhartha's Herman Hess. Wow. And, I don't um, even know what that is, but it sounds damn deep. So it's, it's, it's Siddhartha. Yep, Siddhartha is like the, the, the name of uh, the Buddha before he became known as the Buddha. It was when he was uh, still a prince. And um, we read this book by Herman Hesse. It's, it's kind of well known out there. And um, my brother right here growing up, he and I, you know, I used to go over to his house. You know, he used to come to my house mm. and I used to see his mom sometime. And uh, an all gray outfit. And I would see, it, particularly uh, where they lived at that time, an altar with fruits on it and, uh, and a form that I wasn't familiar with and incense burning. 
And I was like, yeah, I don't have one of those in my house. Um, what's that about? Right. You know, so that that kind of was like my glimpse into the future right there. Mm -hmm. Is that what kind of just drew you to that or gave you ideas or a feeling that, hey, I want to kind of know more about this. And is that what took you to? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that kind of planted the seeds. Right. You know, growing up with a lot of my brothers, my Asiatic brothers. I was always into Kung Fu flicks, right? So you would see the of Abbot of Shaolin, right? Yeah. in the Wu-Tang, right? You know, and I was like, wow, the monks, you know, like these are some serious dudes right here, right? You know, I mean, you look at the Riz of the Jizzle, you know what I'm saying? And, and their whole going to New York. You can't forget you, know, you God. Are you God, Capadonna the Great, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? All method, you know, all of them, all of them, right? Expected day. Okay, all right, come on, we, we ain't gonna drop off. But we know the Wu Tang Clan was nothing to mess with, right? Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And so, you know, that kind of, that was like, yo, my pops, after him and my mom separated, he remarried uh, and he, he remarried a Muslim lady. So I was constantly, in the kind of in the womb of spirituality. Damn, he was on a religion tour. And blessed for it, you know what I mean? Because I didn't really know anything about it, but the whole Buddhist path was so foreign, right? You know, and so I can remember I just decided to do a Google search. Google was like my spiritual engine. And I was like, yo, meditation retreats, Asia. Boom. Kicked off. I saw something from Thailand and I was like, yeah, Thailand. Okay. All right. I don't even know where that is, but I'm going to go find out. And um, I, so I went out there did, and I'm thinking like, yo, great. Seven days in a retreat out there. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be able to tap into that essence. I'll be enlightened and I'll come back. Well, fair enough to say that was like 20 years maybe ago. And uh, I'm still, still, still working on it. That's, that's, that's hot. It's, it's funny because in my mind, I'm like, how does this happen? It's not like ROTC and they come just recruit you. <laughs> some monks come to your school. You're like, all right, I'm rolling with y'all. Thailand, that's what's up. Yeah. But how do you do that? Because my anxieties and my, uh, I guess, internal dialogue would have been like, yo, this, this is going to sound stupid. People like I'm just up and leaving, especially I'm from the hood. Yeah. So it'd be real interesting going around my boys. Like, I'm about to be a monk. They'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, man. So. When you get to, like, how does it work? Like, do you get to, like, a gate and then they be like, give me all your worldly possessions and you're, just, <laughs> you're changing to something? Like, how does it work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a process, right? I mean, so I think, you know, one of the things uh, that I want to just touch on before, because I feel like it's enveloped in what you was just, uh, and where I'd like to go with it is, I think that so often in life, you just said, well, I couldn't really do that in the hood because other people would, and how many of us live our lives according to that fear of being accepted, right? I think that's something that uh, is very prevalent in society nowadays. It's that, that getting that acceptance, whether it's from our parents, from our mentors, from our friends that we grow up with. And so my thing for you is, are you setting your sails on somebody else's wind or is it your wind? I mean, of course, it's always with me. Well, now I'm on a different path. Okay. So, but before it was definitely a level of insecurity. And when you have a level of insecurity, you tend to look for mm -hmm. outside influences to tell you who you kind of, who you are. So that's why I said, I was really excited about this interview because it takes a really strong person, even at that age. And I'm, I'm always curious, like, what gives you that type of strength? Like, why did you have that type of strength? Like, what mm -hmm. made you feel like, you know, I'm going to do this? Because that is a power move. Like, that's not like, 
you know, man, I'm about to go Candy Blue Lake for the day or something. <laughs> like that is like, yeah, I'm going to this place. I'm probably not going to have any communication with anyone. For sure. Yeah. You get real intimate with yourself. If you don't like yourself, then it's not the place for you. Right. And so many of us nowadays, uh, I was just talking to Kay on my way here. For example, I was conducting an experiment and I was looking around me and I was on the train and 15 out of the 18 people were on their cell phones. Now think about this, D, right? We have people that work in front of a screen for eight hours and they hate it. And then they all of a sudden they leave work and they go to a smaller screen and then Mm. they get home and they're looking at another screen. But my whole thing is, well, when was the last time that you were in the mirror looking at yourself smiling? When was the last time you were understanding the reflection of what's on the screen? Man, that's so deep. It's, it's, you actually making me rethink my life right now. Like, what am I doing with my life? Because like, I, I look at my screen, I come home like, you know what, let me see what's popping out here. <laughs> but but that's, that's what it is. It's being in that community of somebody that's going to say, like my brother right here, he's always saying, are you sure? How can you be certain that you know what you know? How can you be certain that what you think that you know is in fact something that you really do know? And that willingness to get comfortable and intimate with not being comfortable and intimate. And I think that leap of faith was when I was out on that, 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 that first retreat up in Kauai in the National Forest. I was with the monks. Yo, the first night, bro, huh? I was standing up, tea. And all of a sudden, you just hear, and that was me hitting the ground. Everybody opened up their eyes, you know, the monk shaking his head, and I'm like, damn, I didn't even pass the first chamber. You know what I mean? Forget the 36 chambers. I couldn't even get out of the... And what was the first chamber? What was... We were practicing standing meditation, and the room was quiet. You're in the perfect environment, nature. It's dead silent. Everybody's in that... And then there's the foreigner. There's me. First, and, and, and of course, right, you know, I got to check to make sure I got all my teeth. I didn't, I didn't bang anything, right? I've got no third eye growing now, you know, and, and, and the nun that was there translating from Austria, uh, you know, she's looking and whatnot. And so the next day, right, the next day, I see the monk and I say to him, I'm so sorry. I was just get, I just got to the country. You know, I didn't, I didn't eat. I was tired. And he, and his response was, oh, you just weren't mindful. And I said, what? <laughs> Excuse me? You know, like that whole, re- not even but, about but, but, but what did you feel? Like that? Did you feel like that was disrespectful or did you feel like he was kind of like, I didn't even just know downplaying how to, the whole situation? I just didn't even know how to, but, okay. I, but I knew from being in his company and being in other monks, because he was the first monk that I met, yeah. that he knew something that I wanted to know. That's and, and that piece that I saw in him, was something that said, if he can do it, you can do it. Less is more, you know? How much happiness is Am I willing to give up a little happiness, a little worldly, what the world calls happiness, in order to get some inner world happiness? If you give up more than that, you get more happiness. But if you give up everything, then you have the opportunity to have complete happiness. That's, that's, that's real. That's real. I got I to process that for a second. <laughs> but that's real. Did you feel overwhelmed? And I like, what oh, for sure. And like out of place. How do you kind of get over that? Because the mind is a very, very tricky thing, man. It's like a bad kid. Like it will tell you whatever you, you kind of like let it tell you. Sure. 
if you don't get a corral, and this is a place where you have no choice but to deal with it. And like you said, everyone has distractions nowadays. If I don't really want to deal with who I am, I just jump on the phone. I could be anybody I want. I get on the gram. No doubt about it. I, I could be that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so I think one of the beautiful things about that is that they try to make the life as most simplistic as possible. They provide the routine. And I think it's the same thing like this. If you wanted to become an athlete, who would you surround yourself with? Other great athletes, right? You would you you would surround yourself with the best of company. So I surrounded myself with the best of company, and from being in their company, it inspired me to look inwards and be my best, you know. And so everything that all of the stories of great teachers that I said, you know what, I'm going to take on that practice, and I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to meditate mm-hmm. all night long, or I'm going to fast and not eat every other day. Or I'm going to fast for three days or I'm, I'm not going to lay down tonight and I'm just going to do walking and sitting meditation. And there were scorpions out there. There were snakes out there. That was going to be know my next damn question. You know, yeah. It's so, it's so it's true. Is it true? Because this is what I, I, I'm into Buddhism. I'm basically trying to basically convert myself over to Buddhism. Is it true that everything that I read as far as walking into they have tests where you walk into the forest and it might be a forest. And this one month was talking about there were snakes in the forest. And at, in your one of the tests, is you would have to walk out into this forest. And the only thing you had was a stick to tap the path to kind of like alert the snake that you're coming. Right. To me, this is goddamn crazy because <laughs> they're out there with poisonous snakes. And you put, I don't know if you were too. So yeah, tapping, tapping the stick is cool, but you have to have the ultimate mind control to say nothing is going to happen. Like, I'm walking down this path, I'm tapping my stick, and nothing nothing bad or crazy is going to happen out of this situation. Yeah, I mean, um, let me ask you a question. Can you see atoms? No. I don't think you can. Right. But if you had a microscope, would you be able to see them? Yes, I would think so. So you, you agree that there's certain things that uh, in this world, although that you're not, you don't have the ability to see them, that, that, that it's possible? Yes. Right. Yeah. So with the, with the monastics, there's a certain vibration that uh, one could say is a certain type of primal instinct, and an animal would know when it's in fear of its life or something that wishes, wishes it harm, right? Just like mm-hmm. when we walk through the hood, right? It's a test of a barometer. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And you're trying to gauge, okay, is this cat really going to try to come up on me for my Jordans or whatever it might be, right? And you know those that don't wish you any, any type of... It's the same. Those animals, they feel the same vibrations. When they had the tsunami, the animals were the first ones to run to the mountain. Before humans, the animals knew. And if they know that because they're more in touch with that natural vibrations, then why wouldn't they be able to pick up on the fact that you and I don't meet? So, you know, the tapping the stick sends a vibration to the snakes to let them know that there's something coming. But yeah, I mean, I've had snakes within striking distance of me before. And there's one great teacher, Longta Mahabua, in Thailand said that uh, you haven't began the practice if, if you uh, haven't put your life on the line. That's interesting. And there's monks in Sri Lanka that have these huts where there's known elephants and tigers, and they have it set up so that it's in a, in a threefold shape with a wall to their back and on the right-hand side and on their left-hand side, there's walls. So it's almost concaved so that whatever comes to greet them head on, there's nowhere to run. 
Why? It sounds like the opposite of what I would want. I would, <laughs> I would want to turn that around so I can get out. I can get low <laughs> if the shit goes down. Like I don't, I don't want to be there with with a bear or whatever. I'm like you know what? I'm just gonna meditate this one out and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that's that's there's the their ability to internalize uh, fear, right? You know, and to be to be comfortable with 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 with, with what's not comfortable to the average person but once you make that pass as david goggins would say and yeah. you know once you callous the mind you realize that our thoughts are like bubbles mm. they arise they exist and they pass away my brother the things that you were like afraid them. of as a child are you afraid of them now some people yeah I'm, yeah some you're right some you're people, right yeah. yeah what about the whole level of you not eating and depending on like you have to go through different towns, I guess, and you have to depend on people to kind of feed you. Is that something that's really true? Or? It is, yeah. So every morning we went on bin tabai, right? You know, so you you arrange your ropes and very much so that there's this beautiful harmony to the community where the the junior monks and the novices help the elder monks prepare their robes first. And they help them knot it and they help them fold it and get everything ready. And in return, those monks, they look out for you and they teach you how to carry things in the proper way and the proper. So there is this beautiful sense of brotherhood that go. And, and, and sometimes if the whole monastery is practicing a vow of silence, you realize that there's a language that exists beyond words that is much deeper. And it's the same language that you have the ability to connect with on things that how shall you say, are not usually perceived with the eyes and the ears by normal sensory fields, right? You know, so we would do that. And sometimes you'd walk on different, uh, different routes and you walk barefoot, you know, it's, and, and bro, these feet of mine, I was in Chiang Mai one time and it was like rock walking on gravel. I mean, it was every step was pain. and the monks, of course, they. I mean, they they get a, you know they Do get they a kick out. Little they, they little like snickers. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Right he's about to crack. He's, he's about to fold. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, so, you know, and one one time we was out there and uh, we was on Tudong, which is like this. You go through the forest, and I had I had a little machete on my side, right, tip clipped into like a a, a waistband, and and I slipped and I broke my sandal. And I almost fell off a ledge. And that, that would have been a wrap. I mean, there would have been, there was no coming back from that. And I had to walk through the forest on these, like these thorns with that. And when I got back to the temple, man, my feet were hurting for sure. I had to put them in some hot water. I couldn't even go on alms on the next day. But after that, I got my tie feet, and you could believe I, I could walk on anything your, after that. Your tie feet is I that like my tie you just feet. get them like calloused. calloused. Yeah, they, they're good. And after you after you break that, you know. But there is something beautiful about that because in the morning when you go into these villages, these people they offer you their best food before they eat, before they themselves. Damn, eat, that gotta be humbling, man. They come out with their daughter in their hand the family pet by their side, their grandmother, and it brings them so much joy. Even it, for, for you and I, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be like bonus points. Oh, it's a brother. We don't usually see brothers, you know, so it, or it's a foreigner, you know, so for them, there is this beautiful exchange of, and there's nothing for them to get from it 
other than the mere goodness of helping out somebody that's trying to strive to be their best. How does that experience, like waking up every day and seeing someone feed you before they feed their actual own, how did that transition or change you? Like, did that do anything to you? Did that? For sure. For sure. I mean, I, I, there's a couple of things, right, with the fasting as well. There's a difference between being hungry and, uh, and wanting to eat. Mm. And I can tell you that I never threw food away because there was nothing left. Actually, in fact, uh, at one temple that I stayed at, there was a rule because when we, when we would come back to the temple and they would assemble the food and we had our one meal for the day, they would mm. come by on these, like, these trolleys, these carts, and you would take food and uh, you would put it into your bowl. We would count how many chews and how many spoons. And if you got really good, you would count uh, how many pieces of fruit, how many sips of water. That, because everything is a training. Everything is, there's more refined levels of the, of the mind. So, it, you know, you, you substitute the video game. It becomes a video game. It becomes, okay, well, when I shower, what's the first thing that I realize? What are you aware of right now at this very present moment, right? Are you aware of your buttocks touching the chair? Are you aware of the fact uh, that you're listening? I think it would be listening for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, but it, that's really, really interesting because I don't even really think on that level. It's kind of like you just go through the days and I'm learning how to even play a game with myself, like think about what I did with the first thing I did when I woke up to the last thing I did to kind of create myself into a level of uh, mindfulness. But what you're talking about is like a whole, that's like a pro level. Like I'm in like the D league, like that's, that's like NBA shit right there. Just, <laughs> but, 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 but you're starting, see, but the, the thing is, 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 is that it's, it's a new, in IT language, it's a new program that you're, that you're Absolutely. running on, right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and changes is uh there and being mindful is easy rather mindfulness is easy but remembering to be mindful is difficult why do you think that is uh conditioning lifetime if you think about this right if you think about it from a, a reincarnation standpoint of view mm -hmm. show me one place on this world where you haven't stood how many lifetimes have you lived right so if you think about the programming and conditioning this spiritual path is against the grain of what society defines as success. As I've said to you both before, I think this, like Gary Vee said, right, you know, I think this problem, this country has a huge problem with um, the way that they define success because happiness is a variable. And uh, I think um, like with anything, it's a, mindfulness is a, is, is a muscle exercise, right? So it's excellent that you, that you do that, that you try to be mindful of the, the states as they over the course of the day. And as you practice that more and more, so in the, you might say, okay, when I get in the shower, which hand do I grab the bar of soap with or I grab my scrub mm -hmm. with? Where do I start? What sensations can I be aware of? What bodily sensations can I be aware of? And build that muscle. And then you'll be able to see the difference between feelings and emotions. And you'll be able to see the difference between a response and a reaction. Because the response creates a space between the thought and your regular program. And it allows for you to say, oh, that's how I used to react. But I'm going to respond now. Mm. So my last question, mm -hmm. even though I don't want this to stop, because this is, this is some real introspective type stuff. Mm -hmm. How did you make the transition from leaving the monastery to coming back to the States? And mm -hmm. was it hard to practice mindfulness? 
coming back here. I can remember when I went, one of my teachers, and he said to me, I, I was complaining right at that time. I had just arrived in Thailand, and every Friday and Saturday night at the temple, they, they had these around-the-clock, like, all-night meditations, and, like, you know, it was not what I thought. It was not what I felt like I signed up for. And he said to me, uh, if you have peace in your heart, then you can go anywhere in the world. And I said, well, that's that's easy for you to say. You've been a monk for like 30 years at that point, right? Yeah. You're enlightened. You're finished. But, but you, you know, you're just uh, living it out. And I think to answer your question, you know, to go from metrosexualism to monkhood and then back to metrosexualism, the practice is, is, is wherever you go, you know, whatever you do, wherever you're at. I think that there are definitely environments that make it um, are more conducive towards uh, sustainability and, and uh, well-being. But I think that uh, there is a movement that's going on here and uh, that uh, there's a saying that uh, the Dhamma takes care of those that take care of the Dhamma. The truth is that those that take care of the truth, the truth will take care of them. So just like you want to find out where, where they play the best pickup game or where you can go play pool and then you surround yourself with those people, it's, it, it's here. But for me, you know, at this point, my, my, my practice is pretty sustainable. But I do go chill with spiritual communities and enjoy that time being in other people's presence. That's so. So I gotta. I definitely gotta ask you this. Though. What's in your headphones right now? What you listening to? <laughs> what, what are monks like? Like what yeah. do they rock out to? Yeah, uh, you'd be surprised. I had this monk one time, and he listened to my iPod, and you know, I had like Teen Spirit and all the old nineties. He was a German <laughs> monk, you know, and he, you know, he was there. We had the Wu Tang on it, and he was listening to the Wu. You know, that's just how we got down. Um, oh, you know, man. but uh, I mean, you got people from all types of different backgrounds. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot. So I listen to a lot of chanting. You know, from around the world. You know, and uh, you know, what's you, your favorite chanter? Actually, I came across this lady, this Tibetan lady, um, uh, YouTube algorithm. I can't even tell you her rent. I'm just busting your balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Any books that you've read recently that impacted you? Uh, so there was uh, one Tibetan Lama. Um, I can't remember the book's name right now. Um, oh, good. Thich Nhat Hot, you know, is, a, is another monk uh, in the Vietnamese. Uh, famous Vietnamese monk that uh, that I had the chance to meet in Thailand. Any Thich Nhat Hot literature, Pima Chodron, Joseph Goldstein, you know, a lot of these um, type of people have been, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Well, there it is, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate this more. Like, yeah, I wish you. This is just a genuine conversation. I wish it would go on forever because... You got a lot of knowledge to kick, man. You're bigger than this. I feel like you should be doing something yourself, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, bro. You know, and I and I support you, man, and I support the transformation, brother. You know, and uh, keep being that light, bro. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Art of Living Show. Subscribe to this show to be the first to hear new episodes packed with inspiring stories from those who've overcome personal obstacles, fears, and judgment to live their life with emotional intelligence.